This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. Nell and Evan Pereira were thrilled to close on their forever home, a spacious paradise nestled against a state forest in Massachusetts. Three months later, on a brisk Saturday morning, their peace is destroyed when an intruder captures Nell home by herself. Quickly overpowered by the aggressive stranger, she's forced down to the cold, musty basement where he ties her to a chair. The intruder has a singular, if unusual, demand. He wants her to make a phone call, one that Nell isn't confident she can make, even though her life depends on it. The book is Closing Costs. The author is Bracken McLeod, and he is the Bram Stoker and Shirley Jackson Award-nominated author of the novel's Mountain Home, Come to Dust and Stranded, and two collections of short fiction, 13 Views of the Suicide Woods and White Knight and Other Pawns. He's worked as a trial attorney, philosophy instructor, and martial arts teacher. He lives in New England with his wife and son. Happy to have Bracken McLeod join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Bracken, welcome. Well, thank to- you very much for having me on. First off, where did the idea for closing costs come from? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. The idea for closing costs comes from um, actually a scene in the book that, uh, that is very similar to something that actually happened to me. We had, my wife and I had moved from an apartment in Cambridge. We were on the first floor of a triple-decker, and, and we moved out to the suburbs about 20 miles out, out of town. And the, the type of person who knocks on your door, we learned, changes, <laughs> we, you know, from the city to the suburbs. Because uh, when we lived in Cambridge, it was, you know, people would knock and they would try to sell us magazine subscriptions or, you know, or, or, or raise money for the local high school or whatever. When we moved to the suburbs, suddenly people wanted to sell us material improvements on the house, right, because we were homeowners. And, and one day, uh, a guy knocked on my door trying to sell us a home alarm system. And he just right out of the gate sort of using my name, my wife's name, mentioning that we had moved here from, from Cambridge. He knew everything about us, it seemed, and it, and it threw me so totally off guard. Now, he explained that, you know, that, uh, that they pull public records. You know, whenever somebody buys a house, you have to record that deed in the, in the registry. And he had pulled public, public records, and that's how he knew everything about us. But I knew that part of that pitch was to put me, you know, on my back foot so that I felt like I needed is a security system. And that made me wonder, like, what would happen if someone, you know, went in that direction, but, you know, ended up just selling you something. So why a home invasion oven? What is it about that kind of story that made you want to write one? I, you know, I'm a big fan of, of the sort of home invasion subgenre of thrillers. You know, they don't get, they don't get done a ton um, outside of sort of like extreme horror, and I don't think they get kind of done in a way that, that really re- reflects on character um, other than, than action. I, you know, I love, um, you know, like Truman's Cody's In Cold Blood and The Siege of Trencher's Farm, which, you know, which ended up being made into a movie uh, called Straw Dogs. Um, you know, I, I, I adore, even though it's not a home invasion, although it's very in that vein, both Virgin Spring and Last House on the Left. I want to tell my own story in this kind of uh, tradition of, um, you know, your last refuge is the place you need to escape. We're chatting with Bracken McLeod here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is called Closing Costs. You said it's an intensely personal book to you. You also said it was sort of like applying method acting to the process of writing. <laughs> Did that make it easier to write, Bracken? 
it, it, actually, it made it a lot more difficult. I had, I had written another book you mentioned earlier called Stranded, which was set in the Arctic, you know, on, a, on a, an oil uh, industry ship. And I didn't know anything about the oil industry, about maritime shipping, about the Arctic. I had to do tons of research and, and always be sort of outside of my, my own environment to, to conceive the story. This book I more or less set in my own home. I <laughs> cast it with people that I knew, you know, including basing the main characters, Evan and Nell, on, on me and my wife, more or less. And it made it so much more difficult because, of course, every day I spend, you know, six, eight hours in my office trying to, you know, trying to imagine this horrific scenario in such a familiar place that it was hard to, to find the break between work and home life. Like I would, you know, I, for research on this book, I would actually go into the basement and sit in a chair and try to accomplish a task that I had set for Nell. And, uh, you know, and it, and, it, and it really brings it home. And it's hard to, uh, it's hard to kind of keep those, uh, those, those fears and dreads that you're really trying to mine as a writer um, from, um, from sort of creeping into your everyday life. This story, uh, Bracken, focuses more on Nell's point of view than Evan's. Uh, why do that if they're equal partners in the story? They're, they are equal partners in the story. You know, I focused on Nell more than Evan um, partially because um, <laughs> Evan, Evan gets a, a, a really bad knock on the head, and, and, I, am, um, and I absolutely hate it in, in fiction when someone gets you know, a lead sap in the back of the skull, and then they wake up 30 minutes later with a little bit of a headache, but everything's fine. So part of that was just necessity that I had, I had wounded Evan, but part of it was also that I felt like um, I wanted Nell to um, sort of inhabit a um, kind of a, a, a place of strength where she's, she's developing as a character someone who needs to save herself and her husband instead of it being him saving the day, which would be the really traditional way of doing it, or nor the two of them, um, you know, kind of ganging up on a single person. And I just felt like her point of view um, was an important one to see through. And I, and I thought also that it stood in really good contrast to the point of view of the person who takes them hostage, who's sort of an embodiment of, of male entitlement and toxic masculinity. Bracken McLeod is my guest here on Speaking of Writers, and his new book is called Closing Costs. Bracken, what was your primary challenge in writing this novel? The primary challenge in writing this novel was the timeline. Um, I, I, I wanted to do something different with the timeline that would set this apart from just, um, you know, a story that moves in, in, in chronological narrative order from, you know, they buy a house, they move into the house, they get captured, they escape, right? And, um, and so I took as a model some of, of my favorite <laughs> cinematic storytelling uh, uh, vehicles like Memento and Pulp Fiction, where I take big chunks of the story and I tell them out of sequence so that the reader gets the full picture um, the deeper they get into the, into the story and they, and they learn things when they need to learn them not when they actually happen. But that's hard because, of course, you've got to keep track of, have I already revealed this? When do I reveal this? When's the perfect time in terms of rhythm and tension and all that? I had to, um, <laughs> I had to draw charts. And, um, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was just difficult, you know, because you want it to have a flow and be propulsive. 
without without feeling like uh, you know you're slamming the brakes on so that you can travel six weeks back in time. I want to talk to you about your writing process a, a little bit. Are you a disciplined writer who writes every day at a certain time? You have a special place where you write. I, yeah, I have. Well, I have. You know, part of the reason for us moving into the uh, moving into the uh, into the suburbs was so that I could have an office because um, the the triple decker in Cambridge. You know, my office was also the dining room, was the library was you know uh, my child's playroom. <laughs> right, it makes it hard to focus. Um, so I have an office. I go in there. And if my if my son is in school, I'm at work. Um, so I try to keep a discipline, sort of you know nine to three, nine to five schedule, however long it takes. Do all the things I need to do: social media and and writing and and publicity for the you know for whatever the you know I have coming out at that moment. You know, as far as discipline goes, I tend to also be very disciplined in terms of planning the book. I'm a big um, outliner and plotter. I don't like to start writing until I know how the story ends. Do you ever get writer's block? <laughs> oh yeah, but you know the last fifteen months has been has been a real has been a real struggle. Uh, you know, and every once in a while I have you know I have a, an issue with you know prior to COVID I would you know I'd, I'd have an issue with the story and not know where to go, and I would take a break and either edit something or write you know work on a short story and try to sort of you know clear the cache right and 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 reset the system, but. Um, but with, you know, the stresses of COVID and having, um, you know, both my, my son and my wife home doing their things remotely, um, uh, you know, which, which leads to a much noisier house. Yeah, it's been hard to focus on, you know, on work and, and hard to think of, of story. I'm almost done with, you know, with the, with the novel that will follow closing costs, but it's been a long haul. How did you come to be a writer? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a failed attorney. <laughs> So you know it's a it's a funny but the you know the cliche is scratch a scratch a scratch a lawyer find a writer but um, you know it's something that I've always wanted to do and you know and I used to live in you know in the West I grew up in Western Massachusetts but then we moved up to California and and I ended up for a time in Idaho and and being a writer seemed to me uh, as achievable as being an astronaut or like a space pirate you know just. It was a thing that mythological people did in some other dimension, and uh, and so you know I, I I went to grad school for philosophy, and I and I ended up shifting careers and went to law school, thinking that you know maybe I would be able to write for fun every once in a while. Both of those careers are, are time intensive, uh, and so I didn't get much writing done during them. But when I realized that I absolutely hated being a lawyer, um, and I was given the opportunity. Um, you know, to become a stay-at-home dad, you know, when my, when my son was born. Uh, it seems like a great opportunity to try again and, and write. And, um, and that's how I kind of fell in. I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to have the, the luxury and the privilege of being a, a you know, stay-at-home parent who could write during nap times. So. Did you always know that you were a pretty good storyteller? You know, I always felt like I was. Um, you know, I love telling stories. I, I, I kind of, I got that from my grandfather. He was a storyteller, uh, like, like almost no one I've ever met. He would, um, have his friends around and he would just, you know, he'd regale them with stories that were, you know, that were all drawn from his life, you know, fishing trips, seeing as, you know, a monster at a lake or, you know, or something like that. And I just, even when I didn't quite get what he was telling a story about, I loved to hear him tell it. And, uh, and I, and I feel like I got, the itch to be a storyteller from him. 
you know, and, and I hope that I'm a, you know, a fraction as good as, as, as he was at it. Um, you know, the, the nice thing about, about, you know, being a, a published writer is that you get, you know, because it's, it's so lonely and, and until you start publishing, it's hard to tell if you're really good. You know, the hardest thing I ever did as a writer was let someone else look at my work. But it's so essential to your success to, to get out there and, you know, and, and get constructive feedback or at least get the confidence from someone knowing, you know, knowing that someone really liked what you did. Rackin, what do you think are the key ingredients that make up a good story? You know, I think the key ingredients that, that, that make up a great story are um, primarily good characters, you know, people that you can relate to. You don't have to like them, but you have to relate to them, want to know about them. And some kind of conflict that prevents them from really from getting what they really want, right? And and what they want is bigger than to survive this encounter or you know to get away. You know they want something like you know to to escape a cycle of poverty or they want to escape um, you know they want to own a home or you know something like this. That's a larger goal, and so you create good, interesting people. And then put a giant roadblock in front of them um, that that uh, that's existentially threatening. I know you mentioned earlier you're working on another novel. Can you give us a sneak peek into what it's about? <laughs> this one, this one is. Uh, I, I grew up in the in the '80s, and I was I was a um, a kind of kind of nerdy kid who was really into Dungeons and Dragons and and heavy metal music, and you know, and all of this stuff. So I ended up kind of being at the epicenter of the satanic panic, you know, during that time. Everything I loved was everything that people thought were going, you know, was going to destroy society and send all of their children to, to eternal suffering. Um, and so the new book is kind of mining that. It's about a, uh, an investigative reporter who's looking into a 30-year-old um, murder from the late 80s and how the and how the satanic panic of the time influenced the way people looked at this case and whether that child ever got justice. All right, he's Bracken McLeod, the book that's out now, a novel of suspense. It's called Closing Costs. Bracken, thank you so much for joining me. Well, this was a great time. Thank you for having me on. And this is Speaking of Writers, I'm Steve Richards.